0: Welcome to our Victory Outreach Boston podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. Exodus chapter 2, we're going to be reading a couple of scriptures here this morning. Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed an Egyptian and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked one, he asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? Verse 14, the man said, who made you ruler or judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, What I did must have become known. When the Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Medium, where he sat down by a well. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for the reading of your word. God, I just pray right now you move me aside. I pray that you will speak through me, Father, and that every heart will be receptive, Lord, that everybody will be ministered to. Anoint your word, Father God. We know that your word's anointed. Anoint me to speak your word, and I'm quick and careful to give you all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. You may take your seat here this morning. And I titled this morning's sermon, Called to Move Forward how many know that God has called us to move forward in things of God? Called to move forward is this morning's sermon. And I just want to thank God for my salvation. I'm extremely grateful for where I'm at here in in Victory Outreach, Boston, for what the Lord has been doing. He, He saved me many years ago and He's kept me. I've I never gone back to alcohol. I've never gone back to weed, cocaine, methamphetamine. I, and I, I'm so grateful for, for my relationship with Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for him, I, don't know, I, I won't know where I'll be out here today. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for our founders. I'm grateful for our coaching pastors, Pastor Sonny and Sister Kim, for our pastoral team. I'm grateful for you this morning. We've been praying for you, Victory Outreach Boston. How many know we got an awesome church? Come on, give the Lord a praise for for what God is doing within Victory Outreach Boston. Man, we're on our 21 day fast and we got seven more days to go. And how many know we believe in putting God first? That's why we fast to die to self. Come on. The Bible says that unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. And here, we're we're not going to labor in vain. We're putting God in his rightful place. Come on now. We're letting God build the house. We know it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit. It's by his spirit, amen. So we're believing God for great things. God's going to build this church. God's going to grow this church. God's going to give us our own building. Come on, there's many more families that are going to come in because we're putting God first. It was October 18th, 2009. It was around 830 at Hilton Hotel in La Habra. I was in the home. I was in the recovery home. Uh, I was still on probation. Uh, God was doing the work in my life. We had a co ed discipleship with Pastor Sonny Jr. Uh, it was, a, you know, multiple churches gathering right there. And there was a battle that took place inside my life. I was contemplating should I, should, should I stay? Should I go? Come on now. Am I going to finish the recovery home? Uh, God, you know, he set me free from drugs. And I was, there was a battle that took place inside of my spirit. Come on now. You know I, I, what I'm saying? Sometimes you don't know, be transparent. There's like a battle in my mind. I was, uh, I was young in the Lord. I was probably saved eight months. And, but something happened in the altar call. You know, I, as there was ministering, you know, Pastor Sonny Jr., which now is my coaching pastor. You know, but at the time, I, you know, he didn't know me. Uh, he was moving in the spirit in the altar call and uh, he was healing people. He was prophesying upon people and he pointed me out, you know, he pointed me out and, you know, he got, they brought me to the front and all of a sudden he, he started speaking into my life, He started prophesying, he started speaking stuff in existence and that God was going to use me, God was going to raise me up and he started speaking life, you know, um, and he thought this is the word from God. Boom, and then I got slayed in the spirit. You know, I got slayed in the spirit. Boom, I got knocked out. And uh, I came to realize that the call of God came upon my life that day. You know, I as I was battling, I, I, was, I was, you know, I, I didn't think uh, that God can use me. I, I was uh, still on probation. I, I still was all messed up in my mind. You know, God was doing a work in my life. All I knew was that God set me free, but I still carried a bunch of uh, stuff of my past, you know, stuff that I did, that, was, that came back, and I was like, man, how can God use me? But that day, October the 18th, 2009, at 8.30 at that hotel, and that, that time, I remember that the call of God came upon my life. The call of God came upon my life, and I had to make a choice to leave my past behind and to move forward. I had to make a choice. Am I going to serve God? That's it. I'm going to make a choice to serve God. That's it. There's no turning back. I'm going to just press forward. And I made that choice that night after, uh, you know, I got up and I was broken. And and I made a choice to serve God, that I'm going to just follow God. Amen. I I don't care. I I didn't care about my past. I was like, you know what? If God called me, that settled it, I'm going to move forward. See, in this morning's message, Moses was a chosen instrument by God. He was chosen to lead the people out from Egypt. But Moses had a past. We read this morning scripture that he committed murder. Come on, the Bible says that he looked this way, he looked that way, and bam, he killed an Egyptian. And how many of you know that that's not an easy thing? Right? We, I believe we skipped some of that, oh, with the great Moses and the Ten Commandments. But in our reality, this man committed murder. This man killed. He was probably married. We don't know if he had a wife. We don't know if he had children. We don't know if he was influential. But what we do know that is he committed murder. And the Bible says that he fled. He ran. He ran into the desert. He ran from the call, right? He ran from his responsibilities. He hid in the desert. But when the God of God came upon Moses, he had to make a choice. Just like we all have to make a choice here this morning. See, throughout Scripture, we see God uses imperfect people. That's my first point. So we got to leave the past behind. How many know each and of us have a past? Throughout scripture, we see God using imperfect people. Moses, the father of faith, is held as an ultimate example of faith. Father Abraham, right? But he himself experienced failures, setbacks, and he even lacked faith. Abraham lied twice while traveling to Egypt due to a famine. He lied, right, to the Pharaoh concerning his wife, saying, that's my sister, Mm. And one of his personal greatest failures is when he listened to his wife to to go ahead and sleep with his servant, Hagar, right, to manufacture God's blessing. God made him a promise. But he listened to his wife, and he slept with his servant. But God still used them, Jacob. Abraham's grandson was renamed Israel, and his sons were become the great 12 tribes of Israel's. and God used them in a mighty way. But Jacob was known to be dishonest. He was known to be a liar. He was known to be a conniver. He was known to be a manipulator. Even wrestling with God. But God still used him. Noah, the man in right standing chosen to to preserve the human race, became this great man of God. But he got drunk and passed out and was naked before his sons. But God still used him. Samson, one of the great judges, a man with superhuman strength, a modern-day Hercules called to fight God's battles, was a man that was flawed who disobeyed the vow that was made before him in childhood. He was disobedient, and he, and he went after foreign women, disregarding his calling, but God still used them. Elijah, one of the major prophets, he, he did great and mighty things. He spoke the very words of God, and came against the worship of Baal, bringing fire from heaven. Experienced deep depression. Come on now, even wanted to take his own life. But God still used them. Jonah called to preach to Nineveh. Called to preach a, re- a revival, ran from the call of God. When God was getting ready to bring revival to Nineveh, Jonah abandoned ship. Jonah ran from God. But God still used Jonah Gideon, another judge called to fight the Midianites who were oppressing God's people, but we see him as a coward hiding in the wine press and his lack of courage to step up and to fight God's battles and lead God's armies, but God still used Gideon. Rahab, a woman used to save the spies right? And Jericho was was known to be a promiscuous woman, but God still used her. And last but not least, David, one of the greatest kings who ever walked the face of this earth, committed adultery and murder. And I can go on and on to kings and prophets and judges that God used. See, what am I trying to say here this morning? See, each and every single one of these men, they had to come to grips with their past. They had to come in grips with their failures. They had to come in grips with their mistakes. They had to come in grips with their sin. They had to come in grips and be like, you know what? The past is the past. I'm called. God is calling me. I have to leave the past in the past. I have to move forward. Amen. Yes, some of us might mess up. Yes, some of us might hurt people. Yes, we were addicted. Yes, we were a drunkard. Yes, we might be addicted to fentanyl and heroin. And yes, you might be a bad husband or a bad son or a bad daughter, and you might have a past. You might be doing some prison time. Come on now. Am I speaking to the right crowd? But I got, I got news for you here this morning. You're called. If you're here this morning, God has called you. God has chosen you. God has a plan for your life. Even if you didn't have a crazy past. That's a good thing, man. That's a great testimony, by the way. That's Jesus' testimony, man. That's a testimony I want to hear, man. I, you know, I never went to a club. I never... Experience drugs and alcohol. Praise God and keep on doing your thing. Yes. Come on, God's going to bless you. Hello, how many of you know we want to raise up a generation like that? But you are called and you are chosen here this morning. God has a plan for your life. The Bible says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I have plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. But in order to move forward, we have to let go of the past. In order to move forward, we have to leave the past where it belongs. See, don't let your past keep you from your future in Christ. Too many people disqualify themselves because, man, how can God use me if X, Y, and Z? How can God use me because I messed up? How can God use me because of this and because of that? Don't let your current struggle, mistakes, past failures stop you from moving forward in the things of God. Our past doesn't define us, doesn't define you or disqualify you for what God has for your life. Godly women and women didn't come become godly because they didn't make any mistakes, my friend, or they didn't sin, or they didn't fall short. We all fall short. They became the men and women called called them to be because they didn't let their past dictate the future. They didn't let their past, men that you see, Pastor Danny, Pastor Spencer, the women of God, they didn't let their past stop them from moving forward in the things of God. We all been there. Man, you know what? I was messed up. I was a bad person. I stole from my family. I did all this stuff. Yes, But I came to grips when I came into that recovery home and I gave my life to Jesus and God came into my life. I had to let go of that past and I had to look to God and I had to make a decision to move forward and not let my past stop me from what God has for my life. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, For though righteous fall seven times, they rise up again. See, that's the attitude we should have. That's the attitude that we should have here this morning. See, I like what Pastor Ryan said, one of our international leaders saying that God can work God can't work with quitters. Too, me, too many of us were quitters we were in life. We quit. Every, when things got hard, we quit. When change came our way, we quit. We quit our marriages. We quit our relationships to restore. We quit those jobs. We quit when things got hard. We would quit. We would run. We will run from the call of God. We will run from responsibility. We will run for doing things right. But see, we are a new creation in, in Christ Jesus, but can't God, God can't work with quitters, but God can work with failures. God can work with our mistakes. God can work with our shortcomings. God can work with our issues. Amen. God can work with a person that recognizes that they need him. Imagine if God said, let those without sin and fault serve me. Imagine if God said that here this morning. How many people, I wouldn't be here, if God said, you know, those without sin, those with no fault, can only serve me. Uh Think about that for a second. Huh? The Bible said that there is no one righteous, not one. Truth be told, uh, as Christians, we still live in this fallen world. We still deal with the sinful nature. I like what Paul writes in, to the Romans in chapter, Romans chapter seven, verse 24 and 25, he says, "So I find this law work, So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law work in me, raging war against the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, working within me." Oh, what a wretched man that I am! Who will rescue me from the body, from this body that is subject to death? And verse 25, well, thanks be to God who delivers me through Christ Jesus. You see, that's the attitude we should have as believers. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Father God, that you are with me. Thank you, Lord, that you died upon that cross, that you shed your precious blood. That your steadfast love never ceases and your mercies are renewed every morning. No one is too far gone and no one's failure is too big for God here this morning. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I said no one is too far from God or their failure is too big for God to handle. That's where grace and redemption come in. That's where the cross, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, our faith in Jesus makes us righteous, Hmm? and allows us to move forward. Him and Him alone allows us to move forward. And that's my second point, pressing forward. So we have to leave the past where the past belongs. But I'm here to tell you here this morning that God and His amazing love and His gracious love, He's forgiven us. He's called us to salvation. Even though we don't deserve it, he's called us. If you're here today and you accepted Jesus, you're a new creation. He he don't see your past. God sees the cross. God sees his son Jesus on that cross. And he shed that blood for us. And when he looks at our lives, he doesn't see our past. He doesn't see our mistakes. He doesn't see our failures. He doesn't see that that we struggled with. He sees the cross. He sees his son, Jesus. Even though we don't deserve it, God's so good that he gave us his son and we're saved. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And now he's making it possible for us, he's making it possible for us to receive forgiveness Right? When we confess him, when we believe in him, when we repent, and it allows us, right? He receives us as we are, but then he begins to change us. He begins to change us, and that's what I'm trying to, that's how we move forward. That's true progression. That's true. When we move forward in the things of God is when God begins to change our life. Genuine, wholehearted repentance and a spirit of obedience is needed for us to press forward. That's where the change takes place. That's how we're allowed to leave the past where the past is. I can't do nothing about it. But now in my life in Christ Jesus, a new create, I'm a new creation. And as I genuinely wholeheartedly repent of my past and I have a spirit of obedience, I'm I'm able to move forward in my life. I'm able to move forward in victory. I'm no longer that man, but I'm a child of the Most High moving forward in the things of God. And change takes place as we submit ourselves ...to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. See, that's what took place in that home. I had to die to myself. I had to submit myself to God. How many know that's not an easy thing? Change begins to take place... ...and we're able to press forward... ...as we obey the Lordship of Jesus Christ. See, the Bible tells us... ...in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17... ...therefore, if anyone's in Christ... He is a new creation. The old has passed away, the new has come. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, a new nature befalls upon us. When we were born again, the spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, we have that same, same access to that spirit. And through the Holy Spirit's presence and his working and his dealings within our lives, we're able to live, move forward. We're able to live the life that God intended us to live all along. The life that God has for you is connected to his spirit, to connected to our relationship with Jesus Christ. And change takes place little by little. Little by little, he starts working on our character. Little by little, he starts changing our mentality. Little by little, all of a sudden, we hear a cuss word. It's like, oh, man. I remember feeling conviction for the littlest things. Like, oh, my God, I, I, I just thought of something wrong. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I, I was about to cuss. I cussed. Oh, my God. Right? The little things, we get convicted. That's sign that God is changing you. And then you're moving forward. To true, true as we as we press forward, as we're pressing forward, the true goal is the true progress is to become more like Jesus, His Spirit outworking our lives. The Bible says that He He separated us to become formed to the image of His Son. That's true progress. When people look at our lives, do they see Jesus? Right. You gotta answer that question. When people look at our lives, do they see the image of God? Do they see the characteristics of God? Do they see the attributes of God? Do they see the attitudes of God? Do they see Him in us? That's a true sign of us moving forward in the things of God, becoming more like Jesus. When, when situations come your way, do you act like Jesus? Do you forgive like Jesus? That's where the rubber meets the road, my friend. Right? That's the opportunity to see what's really inside of us. How are we going to respond to life's challenges? How are we going to respond to the difficulties? Hmm? It's all about Jesus. It's Jesus this morning. Jesus in the morning. Come on. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. We just to sing the song at the recovery home. Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change. Oh, what a change. Oh, what a change in my life. And I remember singing those songs at the recovery home, man. Thanking God that I'm not a drug addict no more. Yeah. Thanking God that one day God was going to restore my family. That I was going to get out of probation. Come on. I was still all messed up, but I was like, oh, little by little, God's changing me. Little by little, God's doing that work in my life. Oh, what a change in my life. Come on now. See, Saul of Tarsus was another man that we can learn from. Who later became the great Apostle Paul. The Bible says... When he got converted and he genuinely repented before God, he wrote to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 and 18, he wrote to Timothy about the Lord's grace upon his life. And he wrote to Timothy, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who's given me strength and that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with faith, love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trust- trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners in whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus, might display his immense immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul the Apostle dealt with the same thing. He had a past, he was a persecutor, he was a violent man, he was all messed up. But he let go of the past. He even wrote to the Philippians. In in, in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12, he says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself taking hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So Paul was saying, man, I let go of the past. The past is the past. I have one thing. I strayed to move forward in the things of God. I strayed to please Jesus. And that's the attitude. That's real progression. That's real when we move forward. We press on towards the goal, which God has called us. And I got good news for you here this morning. Victory Outreach Boston. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. We have one who's been tempted in every way, yet he did not sin. Uh, let, the Bible says, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace in our time of need. Isn't God so good here this morning? Isn't God good that God is with us? The Bible says he will never leave us nor forsaken us. That he loves us. That he's waiting for us right there. In my weakness, I can look to God. And he knows the battles, but I can, but I can fix my eyes on him, the author and finisher of my faith. I can go draw strength from the throne room of God. Oh, God is so good here this morning. I believe that 2024 is going to be one of our greatest years ever because God is with us, church. God is with us. God is with us. Huh? That's why we're that's why we're we're pressing in. Because we're flawed people. Huh? I'm a flawed man. We're all messed up. Come on, let's keep it real. The only thing we got good is God in our lives. Jesus is Holy Spirit. See with Jesus incarnated when Jesus became man, and the word, the Bible says that word became flesh, and he dwelt amongst men. He chose 12 men, 12 apostles, but with those 12 apostles, he chose three. And from those three, he zoomed in on Peter. He, he zoomed in from the 12 to the three, he zoomed into this man named Simon. Right? And I always tripped out, but Simon was a flawed man. Imagine that. God of the universe incarnated in himself, became flesh, and he zoomed in on the 12, he fasted and prayed, he sought God, and something just said, you know what, I'm gonna pick Simon. Out of the 12, 12 disciples, then he had his three, but then he had that one. Simon. A man who was you, like a lot like you and I. A man who had attitude. A man who was in the flesh. A man who put his foot in his mouth. A man who cut the f- f- uh, ear off that soldier's, uh, right? A man who drove away the kids. Oh, no, Jesus doesn't have time for you. A man who didn't allow Jesus to wash his feet. A man who slept during prayer, right? A man who abandoned him, he denied him, he cussed. He's like, I don't know Jesus. Jesus, knowing this man, knowing that he was going to do, still picked Still picked them. Can you realize that for a second? God in his sovereignty, he already knew Peter was gonna fail him. He already knew that he was gonna deny him through God. He already knew that, man, this guy's he he he's gonna come with some work. But God still chose Peter. Hmm. See, God didn't see Peter in his failure and his struggles and his shortcomings. Peter encountered some trials, some storms. He was in a spiritual fog, right? Apathetic spirit, the devil you wanted to snuff him out. But God didn't see Peter in his current state. He saw him with the power. He saw him in the day of Pentecost. He saw Peter leading the early church. He saw Peter filled with the power on high, stepping up and preaching a sermon with 3,000 people getting saved. He saw, he saw him getting courage and, and, and building his kingdom. He saw him writing the epistles, the first and second Peter. He saw them ministering to the Jews. He saw him being a valuable asset to the kingdom of God. Huh? He saw the future product the finished product of his life and that's how God sees us that's how God sees you see I have learned in my life not to see how man sees when I see somebody coming in all messed up I've seen God transform that individual I've seen God raise him up I have seen what God is able to do in the life of a person who obedient, who repents, who obeys. I've seen God raise men up. Look at our founder. In 1967, when there was, you know, once an addict, always an addict. Huh? He got saved through Ching challenge. We thank God for David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz and... You know, God gave him a call. He had a call to reach drug addicts and their families. And when everyone else says you can't build a church with those type of people, you can't do this. And he had all kinds of namesayers. But he got a word from God. And he was obedient to the call of God. He didn't let his past dictate him. He had to move forward. And right there in East L.A. in 1967 and Glass Street in the humble beginnings, amen, with two women and his first service. He started preaching. And then before you know it, one year and two year and three year. And look where we're at today. We're a worldwide ministry with over 300 churches in 30 countries. And with my friend, look what God can do with the people that will just submit to God and obey God. See, God saw Pastor Sonny, what he's doing now. Hmm? God sees us. And in all of our shortcomings and failures, Jesus didn't cast Peter out. He didn't reject Peter or demote him from leading the early church. huh? And I want to bring that this morning. Yes, we still, some of us still deal with stuff, but God doesn't reject you. God does not reject you. God loves you. Even when we even when there's seasons of us being unfaithful to God, God still remains faithful. And I thank God. There are seasons in my life where I was a little rebellious in my Christianity. There are seasons in my life where I felt a little bit short. There are seasons in my life, Amen, where where I dropped my cross and I dropped my fruit. And then there are seasons in my life and in my Christianity. But I thank God for the grace. I thank God for mercy. I thank God for His provision. I thank God that He didn't give up on me. I think He still doesn't give up on me. And I thank God for His faithfulness. I thank God for his faithfulness, church. Hmm? God saw Peter as overcoming. God saw Peter prevailing, successful, pushing the gospel forward, preaching the gospel, and people getting saved. His life was being used to push the kingdom of God. That's how Jesus saw Peter. Hmm? Brings me to my last point. point, point three is walking in purpose. And all in all, Jesus saw Peter, Jesus saw Paul, Jesus sees us walking in our purpose, walking in our true identity. How many know God has a purpose for our life? Hmm? That's why we are fasting, that's why we're putting God first in these 21 days. Victory Outreach Boston. That's why we we need him because we can't do this on our own. We need his strategy. We need his provision. We need his spirit. We need his power. We need him. We need God. That's why we are separating ourselves. That's why we are praying because we want to. We want everything that God for us. We don't want to do this on our own understanding. We want God. We want an intimate relationship with God. We want, we want Jesus in our hearts. We want Jesus to become real in our lives. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. We don't want to get familiar with the spirit. We don't want to get in the routine. And No, we, we, want, we want to be broken before God. We want God to do miracles. We we want God to restore families. We want this altar packed with people crying out to him, treasures out of darkness. We want people to be reunified with their family and husbands taking their place and wives taking their place and their sons back to their family. We We want everything that God has for this church. See, walking in our purpose. See, apart from Jesus, man cannot walk in their full purpose. The purpose, the true identity, why God saved us, apart from God, there is not true purpose. King Solomon tried living for his own pleasure, yet in his life concluded that only one thing is worthwhile in life, is to honor God and to be obedient to God. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Hmm? The real reason why you were born. You never you never wondered, man, what's the real reason that you were born? What was the purpose of my life? Why was I born into this world? What's the real reason, the real purpose that you were born here? Hmm? Let me tell you, the real reason that you were placed on this earth is to bring God glory is to bring God glory. You weren't created to struggle. You weren't created to sin. You weren't created to deal with drugs. You weren't created to make a lot of money and be successful, even though God has that for us. Don't get me wrong. He wants to bless us. You weren't created for all those things, but you were created to live for God. I came to that realization. That's why I'm up here today. I'm not up here because I'm the wisest. I'm not up here because I'm the most educated. I'm only up here because I'm willing to say, yes, Lord, if you could use anything, you can use my life. You were born. God predestined you. The Bible says that he created you to do good works in advance. Do you know that you have a gift, a gift that God has given you? And I came to realize that that gift that God has placed upon your life will help you to live in God's will. Yes. The gift of God, right? Once we discover what that is and we use it for God's kingdom, then I'm while walking in my purpose, our task is to find out what God has given us to use and use it for his glory. Let that be said this year, 2024. I'm going to find out what God has given me. I'm going to identify the gifts. I'm going to walk in God's will. I'm going to walk in purpose. Hmm. He's not looking for the brightest. He's not working for the most talented. He's not looking for people with a good past. And he's looking for willing vessels that say, yes, Lord, I will obey. Then we can walk in our purpose, church. I pray that, you know, you hear the voice behind the voice here this morning as we stand and, you know, we sing and I, I gave you what God gave me this morning. You know, the past is the past. God has changed you. You're a new creation. But it's time to move forward. It's time to, to really get in there. What, what, God, what has God called you for? Amen. What is the gifting God has given you, bestowed upon your life? Huh? God's taking this church. I see, I see us outgrowing this place, getting a new building, launching churches out. But we need people to rise up and to be like, man, pa- count me in. Count me in. Count me in. I'm going to take my talent. I'm going to take my sword. Count me in, Pastor Eric. Count me in, Pastor Dan. Count me in, Pastor Spencer. Count me in. I, I want what God has for my life and if that's you today maybe you struggle maybe maybe you're still struggling with your past and you think you're inadequate and you, you still think i'm oh, mad god can't use me hmm? or if you're struggling to move forward whatever whatever ministry to you this morning, these altars are open thank you for joining our podcast we pray this message builds your faith encourages and strengthens you in your walk with the lord if you would like to partner with us sow a seed today head on over to our website at voboston.org and hit the giving link located at the top of the page. God bless you.